Next on BYU Sports Nation, championship game day in Las Vegas. BYU women's hoops on the title hunt. Not so much for the men. BYU men's hoops lost to Gonzaga in the semifinals last night. ESPN's Fran Fischella joins us to discuss what's next for the Cougars. Plus, ESPN's Roxy Bernstein will call the women's game. He joins us live. And Dan Nilsson, assistant coach from BYU women's basketball. What does he expect? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jared Jordan. BYU Sports Ah! Station, live in Radio Vision. (laughs) Championship Tuesday at the Orleans Arena, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, March 8th. One BYU team in. One BYU team out. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is going through a broad spectrum of emotions right now, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, it's tough, you know. Uh, we, we tweeted out, hey, want some therapy? Watch the show. We've, we're having therapy on the show way too much. You have therapy if there's a problem, and there's a problem. And BYU lost last night, and there are bigger issues you know, than just that game, this, whatever. This is the Gonzaga Invitational presented by the West Coast Conference. We'll break it down in a moment, but it's disappointing. I, I thought the BYU could get to Tuesday night, to tonight. Uh, they do not, but here we are. On the men's side, the Gonzaga Invitational. On the women's side, BYU trying to make it the Cougars Invitational. And they might just do that today if they win another championship. I don't take a ton of solace in that because they're kind of two separate entities, like out of 200%, right? There's full 100% men, 100% women. So congratulations to the women. That, that's coming up before Eastern time, the WCC Championship game. Fourth time in the last five, five years they've been there. This could be their third title, tournament title, in five years. So that's for Eastern, ESPNU, BYU Radio as well, Dave and Blaine on the call. We're going to do the halftime show, so check it out. I've done everything I can think of to lift my own spirits. I even wore my white pants today. I know. Are you going golfing this afternoon? I wish. I on? wish. We, we have this game to do. We, we, maybe we play the women, go to the women's game and then go play golf. Angel Park does have the uh, like $5 real grass mini golf. Maybe that's something we hit up later. It's going to be warmer today. It's been kind of windy and cold. Let's do it. Also, no blue hair, Jerem. Yeah, that's probably good for all of us. <sighs> I uh, unless the women see, win. If like, the women win, will you do the blue no, hair? No, I'm not going to do that. If BYU wins the NIT, will you do the blue hair? Yes. Yes? If, BYU, okay. if the BYU men win the NIT, then okay. I will dye my hair blue. Cool. And we've got some details related to the NIT. Can BYU host? Uh, is the Provo Temple uh, cultural celebration going to prevent that? You know, there's some logistics there. We'll tell you that in a moment. We took a selfie with Brent Musburger last night. Yeah, we did. That was fun. Which he, was really cool to be one like, of the legends of broadcasting. He took a couple minutes to chat with us. That was really nice. We talked about the BYU football game, which he called in Vegas. Someone said, has BYU won any game that Musburger's broadcast? 96 uh Pigskin Classic. 2006 Vegas Bowl against Oregon. Yeah, so there have been several. It's, there's no Musburger curse. Trust me, you want Musburger calling the game. If Musburger's calling the game, it's, it's a It's a big, big deal. deal. Yeah, a lot of sure. people are watching. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Men's basketball losing to Gonzaga in a fantastic college basketball game. 88-84 semifinal round of the WCC tournament. More on that coming up in just a few moments. And the NIT Bracketology, according to NYC Buckets, who's now the source on NYT, uh, on uh, NIT Bracketology, who knew till this moment? BYU is a four seed hosting LSU. 
according to them. Ben Simmons, the number one overall projected pick in the NBA draft, Listen, plays for LSU. St- straight up stinks to be in the NIT, but if BYU could have Ben Simmons in the Merit Center, that'd be fun. Hey, Women's Hoop says, we mentioned advance to the title game for the fourth time in five years. 87-67, really took it to Santa Clara in the semifinal. Lexi Rydelch had 25 points. I said she'd go for 30. She's you, So you were under. She she now uh, she now has tied Hank Gathers for the all-time leading scorer in West Coast Conference history. Either, Either gender. gender. So she needs one point. That is nuts. That is nuts that she did that. So check that out. Four Eastern time. Updated bracketology, by the way. BYU a six seed. A six seed. So again, ESPN, BYU Radio, four Eastern, WCC title game against San Francisco. A rematch of last year. Yeah, I'm seeing some reaction on Twitter that that's BYU's underrated at a six seed. Look, if BYU gets a six seed, fantastic. Win that game and then you got to beat, what, a three? Yeah. Which you're in a good position, which they did. They beat a projected three seed in Texas A&M earlier this year. Okay, they can do it. They just go and do it. Men's volleyball sophomore Ben Patch is the MPSF Player of the Week after 39 kills in seven sets in two wins at Hawaii. The Cougars stay at number two in this week's AVCA poll. I voted BYU number two still, so I'm still going to hear from those people that, why did you vote number one, Jeff? What has Long Beach done to not deserve the number know. one spot? They haven't. N- nothing. Hey, and it's the home debut for the 10-1 and baseball team today against Utah Valley, the Parkway Series. 8 Eastern time. You can watch it on the W.TV. Maverick Buffo will take them out for the Cougars. Game day for red-hot BYU baseball as well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU zigged, and the Bulldogs zagged to another championship game. You know, you're sitting up here <clears throat> with, you know, a senior who's been in our program virtually eight years. I mean, from the time he committed to the time that uh, we are right now. And and then you've got Nick, who's in his first year playing. And so um, there's a lot of emotions in that locker room from a lot of different guys. And uh, my message to him was that... Uh, uh, I'm proud to be their coach, and I hope we can still play together again. So we'll see if that happens. Dave Rose tells the story of that game and the current emotional state of BYU basketball. Oh, you can hear it in his voice. About a 30-second clip right there. Just uh, the juxtaposition of Kyle Collinsworth and Nick Emery as the pages... The end and the beginning. Yeah, now right. turned again to a the new future. age of BYU basketball. And then he referenced, I hope we can play again. BYU's going to play in the NIT. Yeah, it was, I, that's an interesting soundbite. You can take that all sorts of directions, most of which are probably wrong, but I, I thought that that alluded to in the NIT, but I thought, why wouldn't BYU be playing in the NIT? I, I, I didn't understand kind of the that, that soundbite a lot. Gonzaga beats BYU 88-84, thus creating a somber scenario for BYU in the press game conference. Let's take a step back and realize what that game was on the national landscape of college basketball. A lot of eyes watching. It was intense. It was high intensity. It was it was fast paced. It was well played by both, both teams. teams. I like I like that. Man, it was really really entertaining. Another close finish. And think about this: three games between BYU and Gonzaga this year. Decided by a total of eight points. I can't believe how close all three of those games were. Gonzaga takes two of them. It, it was it was tough. I said if Nick Emery played well, I thought BYU would win this tournament. Nick Emery had his best game as a Cougar last night. It was better than the thirty somethings he had on the San Francisco Santa Clara trip. It was on a huge stage. Because this was on a big stage. 
It really was. 27 points from Nick Emery, who has no guile in the best way. I love it. He doesn't know, uh, you know, this shot is a tougher shot. This is a more pressure shot. He was fantastic last night, but BYU did not get enough from Chase Fisher. They got, um, you know, they need a little more from Kyle Collinsworth. BYU did not open the door. They did not walk through the door when it was wide open either. Gonzaga had multiple times where BYU played good defense, got stops, the door was open, BYU did not walk through it, which was really frustrating because that was a game that BYU could have won. They lose by four, didn't get enough offense in a timely way to uh, actually end up winning that game. BYU had a 2 nothing lead early, and then they hit a 3 at the beginning of the second half to, to lead 50-47. to 47. Yeah, the end of that first half was great. The uh, the offensive goaltend not called on uh, Corbin Kafusi. They they win uh, you know the end of the first half, if you will, to tie the game. They go up three, but then they never get a lead larger than that right there, 50-47. Dave Rose talked about missing that opportunity to kind of get out and extend that lead early in the second half. And then there was a, those first four minutes of the second half, we had a real chance to to get a lead of our own and missed a couple open shots, turned it over, but we got consecutive stops to start the second half. And uh, it was a pretty physical game, pretty, you know, they beat us on the boards and beat us to some loose balls, and that's probably the difference in the game, so... Some frustrations for sure for the Cougars not being able to make layups for one in oh. some of those situations. There were eight or ten layups where BYU just missed at at the rim. And Kyle I'm, Collins with the dress that he's like, yeah. oh yeah, we we just missed them. Bunnies, yeah, their nickname. So that that was disappointing because BYU was right there. If they finished at the rim, I thought BYU shot well enough to win. They shot well enough to win. What what did it end up being? Forty four or forty three percent. Forty four percent is yeah. it's good enough to win. BYU went. Uh, 10 of 26 from three, so yet again they shoot a bunch of threes. 39% though, we were saying, hey, shoot in the 30s. BYU did all of that. Unfortunately, uh, this ended up being a little high, higher scoring than BYU thought. Wiltshire went off, Sabonis did his thing. Here's what, here's what killed BYU though. Perkins and McClellan combined for 32. They were awesome. That, that was the difference. And Chase Fisher ends up with 15, but he missed 12 shots, which was tough. It, it, his he had finger, three big threes late. Yes, he did. And he turned it on late, and that was nice. But it was a little too late at that point. It, it was disappointing because BYU was playing behind the whole time, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU trailed Gonzaga for 36 of the game's 40 minutes. BYU's playing behind the whole time. They led for a minute and a half. A minute 46, to be exact. That's tough to, be, to, to have to play from behind the, the whole time like that. And and the reason that was, BYU didn't finish at the rim at the end of the first half and the uh, beginning of the second half as well as they should have to give themselves a lead. And li- listen, Gonzaga has tr- has had trouble closing this year. They've had trouble closing. They didn't they didn't have to uh, do it down the stretch. They had some big shots, but there wasn't you have to get a bucket right now situation for Gonzaga very much down the stretch. Dave Rose referenced BYU losing those 50-50 basketballs on the floor. Just They, were, they got out-rebounded by, by seven, BYU yeah. did. Gonzaga. That's, when BYU's out-rebounded, they hardly yeah. hard ever went. Really good on the glass. And so there were just those plays where, you know, whether it was missing a layup or being out-hustled at a critical moment, it just it, Gonzaga, give Gonzaga credit for winning those moments and Dave Rose talked about that as well, but the energy is so low in these sound The bites. disappointment in his voice is obvious. Like, I feel like we need to add a little something to this final sound bite from Dave Rose just to kind of sum it all up. To be able to 
beat a championship team, you, you have to, you know, take advantage of your opportunities. And like I said, I think, I think the game was won and lost in the, uh, the rebounding game and, and then the battle for loose balls. There's probably four or five balls that were out there. We made a heck of an effort to try to get, but they just came up with it, ended up scoring. Let it soak. I feel, I feel like we should just keep just, playing the piano just music. Just let it soak. <laughs> like, it's, tell me that's not appropriate. How much did we pay John Schmidt or Jim Brickman oh. for that? We could have had a student at BYU, I think, record that. It would have been a lot cheaper. Such a good college basketball game, and obviously a very disappointing finish for BYU. And you, I mean, you wanted Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher and Nate Austin to get to the NCAA tournament one more time. But the fact of the matter is, Kyle had a fantastic career. He went to the Sweet 16 as a freshman. Yeah. He went to three NCAA tournaments. He's the triple-double king. Like, it's disappointing now, but this is not going to mar Kyle's legacy at BYU. Yeah, his legacy later. The bigger issue for me is, okay, five seasons in the WCC, no regular season titles, no tournament titles. Yeah. Right? BYU, I thought BYU would have a couple. Yeah. Would, like, Jimmer Fredette ruined um, <laughs> the expectation because – they beat B- uh, Gonzaga by 22 or something, and then it's been Gonzaga's. This is Gonzaga's court. I think they literally own the court. I think they store it during the offseason, and it's his property of Gonzaga Bulldogs. There were 5,000. The stadium seats 8,000. They this 5, place. You know why? Because they come Gonzaga. down here and they always win. They, they win the singer, they get to the title game. So it, it's Wouldn't you come to Vegas if you always won? Yes. Yes, and a lot of people come to Vegas, think they're going to win, and then they don't. <laughs> That's what ends up happening with BYU. I... I'd like the talent that BYU is bringing in next year, but it doesn't automatically mean that Eric Meek and T.J. Hauser are going to beat Gonzaga. They've got some work to do. The number one thing to me for BYU basketball, the number one goal, is not even to win the regular season championship, although that is a very important thing. It's to beat Gonzaga here. You have to go through them to win uh, the tournament championship and be the best team in this league. That's number one. Like For Kalani Sataki, it's beat Utah. For BYU basketball, it's beat Gonzaga in Vegas. The kennel, that's cool. This would be, matter more. What matters more to BYU fans right now, beating Utah in football in the regular season or beating Gonzaga to win a West Coast Conference championship? I'm ashamed you even brought that up, Spencer. Well, I don't even know you anymore. Just saying. <laughs> now, we do need to turn the page to what's next for BYU basketball, and that brings up today's Twitter question. Oh, yeah, the Twitter question. What's next for BYU basketball? What's next? Hashtag BYUSN. And I, uh, at... ID video. NIT for the Cougars. Keep getting better. Get get ready to miss Kyle Collinsworth. He did everything. Develop bigs that compete. Whew. Let's also turn the page to what's next in football. Oh, gee. Countdown get out to of the here. Wildcats. 179. That is so loud in the arena. I know. In an I, empty arena, it just like there's like four there's like four guys mopping the floor. No one cares. They're looking up at me down there. They're like, "What was it? Who's got the air <laughs> horn?" Yeah, the, there's some West Coast Conference officials down there. Like, hey, <laughs> that's a foul on BYU. They they uh, grazed a bonus. His first foul was in the second half. By the way, it's a bonus. They only had seven fouls in the second <laughs> half as a team. They were so good not fouling last night. I brought the tourney hat. It's got to go. For now, yeah. It's got to go. Till next year. Get it out okay. of here until next off. year. 179 days until football takes on Arizona. Up next, Dan Nielsen of BYU Women's Hoops, assistant coach. What does he think about BYU winning another title?
BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on Brigham Young University television. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, today, 4 Eastern time, women's basketball is playing in the championship game of the West Coast Conference Tournament. It's on ESPNU. Listen to it right here on BYU Radio as well. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler on the call. We're going to do the halftime show. We've prepared nothing for that halftime show, so I'm very excited about it. Shout out to uh, Seth Killingbeck, mm-hmm. who Tennessee gave me a shirt for my newborn baby, Jet, that oh, said, that's nice. I'm kind of a big dill, yes. D-I-L-L, and it has a picture of a pickle on it. He's wearing it for the first time today. So thank you, Seth. That's awesome. The gift is, <laughs> is being worn. I wish right that now. Phil still would have sent you that. <laughs> he is a big deal. A big deal. Big yeah. deal. I love it so much. Women's basketball for Eastern. You can watch it on ESPNU. Roxy Bernstein will be on the call. He'll join us in a little bit. You can also listen to Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler on BYU Radio 4 Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Our Twitter question today, what's next for BYU basketball on the men's side? At Chris Ortega 9 says, besides the NIT, cheer on the women! Amen to that, man. Let's get a, let's get a uh, championship today for these women's basketball. The women's basketball team has worked had the regular season championship trying to get a, a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. BYU women's basketball in the West Coast Conference tournament title game for the fourth time in five years, going for their third title in those five years. And we are now joined by assistant coach Dan Nielsen on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Dan, welcome back to Championship Tuesday, man. I love it. I'm I'm glad I'm talking to you today because it means we're still playing. That's right, baby. Good thing. You have a rematch with San Francisco, the team you saw last year, but you were the five seed last year, and they were the six seed. Much like last year, San Francisco the six seed again this time around, but you're the top seed. How do you slow down a team that is very upset-minded right now? You know, we just got done watching film and talking to them, and and there's no big secret other than just kind of sticking to our principles. That's all, you know, Coach Jedkins are just talking about it, and and sticking to principles and, and playing them how we normally do, not trying to do anything different and being a little sharper. You know, we played them in a Provo. We we were um, kind of sleepwalking through the first three quarters and finally woke up, luckily. And we know we knew when they left that game that they were getting hot again and kind of expected them to go on a run. And then a few weeks later, here they are in the championship game. So we know we're going to have our hands full today. It's a rematch of last year's championship game, but you were a five seed. Now you're the one seed. How, uh, other than that, how is it maybe similar or different than last year's title game? I think the I think the one difference is I think this year we're playing with a little bit more confidence. I think we go into games expecting to win, and that's no disrespect to who we play, but our girls have kind of a, a air of confidence about them. And and you know, yesterday watching St. Mary's and San Francisco, they're both great teams. But you know, if you ask any of the girls who they'd rather play, they they all would have said they didn't really care. Um, they feel confident kind of playing everybody. And I think that comes from, you know, when you're the one seed, that means you've won the, won the conference. And so I think they feel comfortable playing anybody. Compared to last year, we knew we had to play better than what we had been playing. So I think that's probably the biggest difference. What's at stake for your team today in terms of what you want to accomplish, not just in the West Coast Conference, but from a national standpoint? I think the biggest thing is obviously, you know, you want to be playing well going into the NCAA tournament. I think we, we right now, win or lose, should get in as an, at least an at-large. But obviously you'd like to win, and, and if we win today, it'll help our seeding, I think, um, to be as high as possible. And, and obviously the whole goal is to get to the NCAA tournament, win games in the NCAA tournament. And uh, to do that, you want to give yourself the best 
best possible chance to win. And, and so the lower the seed you are, I guess higher the seed you are, you know, if we can get to a five or six, then uh, the more likelihood you have to win those first couple games than, say, if you're a uh, eight or nine or ten or above. So the, we're, we're playing for a lot today, and the girls, I think, understand that. We've kind of told that to them. So hopefully they're ready to roll. The women's NCAA tournament is a little different than the men in that there are home sites for some teams. Can you explain the scenario that it would have to play out to, say, host in Provo for the NCAA tournament for you guys? Well, the, yeah, the women's side, what they do is they take the, the top four seeds in each region, and they get to host the first the first two rounds, actually. So you could play two home games, essentially. Um, right now, with where we sit and kind of the things I've seen and kind of how the committee typically does things, I think probably our ceiling is, is a five, um, whether that's right or wrong. You know, it's not for me to say, but um, just looking at how things typically have gone in the past, you look at say Gonzaga's really good years or other mid-majors really good years, and they usually go no higher than a five or a six. So I think realistically that's where we would fall if we were to win today. Um, but you never know if something crazy happened. We'd, we'd love to do it. I do know for us it could be a little complicated uh, with the, the Provo City Center Temple celebration is on the 19th, which is where when the first round would be. So I'm not sure what we'd do with that, but hey, I'm sure we'd find a way if we somehow got lucky and got a four seed. So. BYU women's basketball assistant coach Dan Nilsson with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's championship Tuesday at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Last time you played San Francisco, Dan, I'm, I'm sure you remember this, Lexi Rydalch <laughs> hit a half-court shot. So is that part of the game plan today? Well, I'm going to pray it's not. I don't, I, don't know if my, I don't know if my heart can take another game like that. Um, no, let's pray it's not. And if it is for some reason and we have the same amount of time, we'll tell Lexi just to take a couple more dribbles so it's not quite so dramatic. <laughs> Since last time she had three seconds left when she shot it. But, you know, every, every day I've been to practice. I mean, Jerem saw the other day. We were practicing our half-court shots at the end. Jerem was one for one and walked off the court, so he knows what it's like. Yeah, if you need so. any coaching tips, just let me know. Lexi and I, just <laughs> all we do is make uh, half-court shots. We, we got you on speed dial. So <laughs> we'll be ready to roll. What's the mood of the team right now after so much success? Um, you're only, what, 10 days removed from that Gonzaga loss, but it doesn't seem like it's affected you guys. Now you're playing for a title today. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the really, really special thing about this team is, is they're resilient. You know, like I said earlier, they, they expect to win. And, you know, we were really disappointed after that Gonzaga game and didn't feel like we, we played our kind of basketball. But the girls, you know, bounce back, and, and it's the same thing. You know, they expect to win every game, and, Last night after after we won, is a you know Santa Clara is a great team. They're a tough team, and got in the locker room and celebrated for a couple minutes. And they all wanted to stay and watch the whole next game and get ready. and And I think that says a lot about their character and their focus. You know, they they don't they didn't want to settle just for a conference championship. They want to win the tournament. They want to win games in in the NCAA tournament. And and so it, it's it's been a fun team to coach because of that. They're they're not settling for what they've already achieved. They want to get more. So that's been a really fun thing with this group. The BYU women playing in their fourth conference tournament title game in five years. A win today would give them three conference tournament titles in those five years. And you already picked up the first regular season title just a few weeks ago. So let's say, Dan, BYU wins today and you get that third conference tournament title. Could you officially say that BYU is the new power in the West Coast Conference on the women's side? Oh, wow. You guys are trying to get me in trouble here. 
<laughs> no, I mean it, it. It does say a lot about about the, the girls on this team and and how much they prepare and how much they work in the off season. They've they've earned every one of those championships. The one thing I will say with our our conference, I would never say we're some dominant power because you know Gonzaga is always going to be there and all these other teams are coming up and Santa Clara is only going to get better. They don't have anybody graduating. San Diego is only going to get better, and that's the cool thing about our conference this year. Is you know I think we ended up number eight or nine in the conference RPI, and we got six teams in the top 100, and and it's a, it's a tough conference, and so I wouldn't say we're we're necessarily the dominant force, but on the flip side, winning the conference this year by two games also I think says a lot about how good we are right now. And hopefully we can keep it going. I'll let you guys say we're the dominant force, so I don't get in trouble. Okay, yeah, yeah we'll say it. The the fact that you trailed um, even at home by double figures to Gonzaga and San Francisco and had to come back and win those games makes it so you probably have more uh, the attention of the girls because hey, we you know you had to make a great comeback to come back in some of those games, including against this team you're going to play today, right? Oh yeah, I mean you know watching film yesterday, or, I mean last night and. And then a little bit this morning, you know, reminding the girls, we're, we're down 14 in that game with seven minutes to go. And obviously we don't want to be in that situation again, but San Francisco didn't have that lead by accident. You know, they're, they're a really good team, and Taylor Proctor is an unbelievable player. And, and if we're not ready to go, we, we will be in the same situation. So hopefully the team that showed up yesterday will show up and we'll, we'll be able to not have to come back from 14 down with seven to go. So. We're doing the halftime show on BYU Radio today. Is there anything you want us to mention just right now? Because we haven't prepped anything. Yeah, for whatever reason, they've, sure. they've given us that responsibility. So. We're, we're excited, but we don't know what to do. <laughs> then, it sounds like, then it sounds like whatever you, you want to talk about. I mean, you know. Can we make up stuff that you said? Like Absolutely. Dan Nielsen just, said this. Dan Nielsen said that BYU is the power. Find the most ridiculous statement you can come up with and attribute it to me and let's see let's see what happens on twitter maybe you know make the gonzaga fans mad mad and see what they say well, i've already so. given you a technical foul this year so i might as well do some other <laughs> stuff <laughs> hey, I, I, when i get a technical i like to think that i earned it so i'll let melinda keep that one <laughs> dan byu and san francisco tip off in roughly three and a half hours from now local time what are the hours like leading up to a championship game? What are you doing? What conversations are you having? Walk us through kind of what the girls and, and the coaches are doing leading up to the game. So we, we got up this morning. Um, we watched film. The girls are eating breakfast right now. Um, and then when I, when I get off the phone here, I'm going to go take them through uh, their uh, in-out-of-bounds plays, make sure we're, we're ready for those, how we want to guard them. Um, Jeff, our trainer, will get them taped and, and uh, kind of start getting prepped, ready to go and head over to the arena, and then uh, it's Coach Judkins' uh, least favorite time, the hour before the game, when he just <laughs> yes. wants the game to start, and uh, you know, goes through about 20 pieces of gum, but hopefully we'll get him there safely. And <laughs> what's, his go-to, we'll right. yeah, what's his go-to gum flavor? You know, I'd like to think he had one, but I think he just takes like a handful from, from our trainer, Jeff, always supplies us with, with gum, and, and he usually just takes a big handful and puts it in his pocket and rotates it about every two minutes, it feels like. so. We need to get Juddy some big league chew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a baseball that would, card. That would be some that would be some great optics uh, for a BYU coach pulling pulling something out of a pouch and putting it in his lip. Yeah, so. that would look great. Lenny Dexter would be a huge but, fan of that. Oh man. Dan, great to talk but, to you. Follow him at Dan underscore Nilsson on Twitter. Good luck in the championship game today. All right, thanks guys. Appreciate it.
Dan Nielsen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. You do well with that name because that could be, uh, you know, Nielsen. Like Dill? Yeah. It's and still Nielsen. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, you've tra- you've helped me. Steel. Phil. Steel. You have affected my diction and my. You have made my English better because of this show. Because of our friendship. I'm so happy. Yeah. Way. Well, you've contributed to me getting better at my job. This is getting way too cute. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's do something else. Okay. Tweets or something. Go to break. Good idea. Yeah, there's the music. Awesome. Up next, <laughs> ESPN play-by-play specialist Roxy Bernstein will call the women's basketball game today. He joins us next. What does he expect from Lexi Rydalch? And what does he see for the future of BYU men's basketball? 30 points and a championship? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV from Las Vegas and the Orleans Arena up on the third floor. The Big Easy. Yeah, baby. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For Eastern time today, women's basketball, West Coast Conference title game, the BYU ladies against San Francisco. You can watch it on ESPNU, listen to it on BYU Radio. Lexi Rideout scored 25 points, tying Hank Gathers for the all-time West Coast Conference leading scorer either gender, and she will look to pass that today in the championship game against the Dons. Men's basketball, of course, Jerem. Great game. Wrong side again against Gonzaga. Yeah, lost two of three this season. Unfortunately, lost by four last night. Men's volleyball sophomore Ben Patch is the MPSF player of the week after 39 kills, seven sets, and two wins at Hawaii, also BYU. Number two in the AVCA poll. They have a bye this week. They play Pepperdine at home twice next week on BYU TV. BYU baseball receiving votes in both major collegiate baseball polls. Not ranked yet. They're 10-1, and one and they open up the home season against Utah Valley. Maverick Buffalo will take the mound for BYU. Mark Pope will take the mound for UVU. In the Parkway Series. That will be on BYU Radio as well. So plenty of BYU athletics happening today on the BYU television and radio networks. Joining us now is Roxy Bernstein, play-by-play specialist for ESPN. He's going to call the women's basketball game between BYU and San Francisco. Roxy, last time these two teams played, Lexi Rydalch hit a half-court shot. It was number two on SportsCenter's top ten, so for your sake, I hope something crazy happens. I hope we have an entertaining game. I'm with you. That'll be fun, Spencer. You know, and The specialist, what is that, like volleyball? I'm like the defensive specialist. I come in. Yeah, yeah, you come in, sub on the back row for the middle blocker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you look at this game, and I know that you, you primarily all you do is call triple doubles for BYU men's basketball and Kyle Collinsworth. But now <laughs> now you get to watch another special player, Lexi Rydalch. So in your preparation of BYU women and Lexi, what have you come across that's really impressed you? Well, first off, how about all the players of the year in their respective conferences in this from the state of Utah? Kyle Collinsworth. Jakob Pertle, Joel Ballenboy at Weber State. You throw Rydalch in there. That's four. Are there any more? Have I missed anything? Southern Utah probably had somebody we don't Just Mark <laughs> pay Pope attention have somebody to. somebody Utah Valley yeah. that, that I've missed? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's an arm. We don't pay attention to that. I'm sorry. It's only five minutes down the road. Come on. It's Mark Pope. But four we have athlete, our own Walmart. Four conference players of the year is that's, it's incredible. And, and Lexi to be tied with a guy like Hank Gathers that's is pretty, uh, cool. pretty remarkable. Wild. It, it is. And... And Coach Judkins brought up a great point in the press conference yesterday about her and how she's done this. She didn't play in a fast-break offense. The BYU women aren't scoring 110 points per game. They're doing it in a structured set. They're scoring under 70 points per game. Now, this is a team that shares the ball really well. But it's clear the offense revolves around her. But 
she's got some players with her. Pulsifer can really shoot it. This is going to be a, a, a tough test, I think, for USF. I know it was a close game the last time, and USF has had to go through two 20-win teams to get to this championship game and beat the two and three seeds along the way, but something else taken on BYU, I think, a team that's 26-5. and five. Yeah, it should be a fun matchup, a rematch of last year's game, except this year BYU's the one seed, so playing with confidence. Then we had the men's team last night. Uh, where did Gonzaga win that game against BYU, in your opinion? They won the game down the stretch. It just appeared to me, Jeremy, that they made a couple more plays. Some of the offensive rebound. You know, I thought the adjustment that Dave Rose made by going with the 1-3-1 for a while really knocked oh, was really Gonzaga good. off their game. But the problem was they had difficulty rebounding out of it. And it seemed that they were able to get the shots they wanted Gonzaga to take. Josh Perkins taking threes. Dran Guinness taking threes instead of Wiltshire. Now, Wiltshire hit a big one from the corner late. But they were able to get guys take shots that BYU wanted Gonzaga to take. The problem was Sabonis was an animal on the offensive glass. Wiltshire did a great job. I, I think Kyle Dranginis is very underrated in terms of what he does for that team. He's, he doesn't score much, but he does the little things. He reminds me of Mike Hart, who was there a few years ago, where Mike was yes. just the glue that held everything together. I think Kyle Dranginis is in that same mold. Excellent role player, for sure. And he hit an enormous three in the second half as well. We're joined by ESPN's Roxy Bernstein on BYU Sports Nation. What is it about Gonzaga on this floor? I mean, they've been to now 18 consecutive conference tournament title games. 19 now. 19? Yeah. Good grief. And they've won 10 straight games in this arena. (laughs) Why? (laughs) What, What happens down here? Well, number one, they've been the best team in this conference. Year in, year out. I know Randy Bennett... One technically won the league this year. They tied, but they're the number one seed. But year in, year out, they've had the best teams. And so that has shown up here in this gym. And there's something about familiarity and teams being comfortable in a situation and playing well in certain areas. I remember Dave Rose. I did the San Diego game a couple of weeks ago. And before the game, we were talking. Uh, and he said, for some reason, we just never shoot the ball well here. I don't know what it in is. In the swim gym. Exactly. I don't know what it is about playing in San Diego. We just don't shoot the ball well here. And this was before the game. And then they go out that night, and they struggled to beat San Diego. It was, that was a, first off, that was a pretty ugly game. But they found a way to win it, which you need to do. <laughs> That's generous for you to call it pretty well, ugly. It was a win, so <laughs> the, the result was pretty. It was a win. But it was not fun to watch and call. I, I would assume wasn't fun to watch for the fans at home. And you turned around and you got the game two days later that I expected to see BYU blowing out San Diego. You expected but a 58-point blow? Maybe I'm not that kidding. big. You know, <laughs> with 33 points for San Diego. Crazy. But there's just something about being comfortable in a certain situation. I think the Zags feel really comfortable here. And their fan base is noticeable that it seems like the whole town of Spokane is here. And there's nobody left yeah, who's up back there. there? If, if, I'm not proponing like a proponent of crime here, but if you wanted to rob a bank, now it might be the time to do it in, in Spokane. Spokane. <laughs> Today, you might get away with it. <laughs> it's like, it's like between 9 fair. and 12 in Provo when, on a Sunday morning when everyone's at church. Yeah, <laughs> The perfect time to go to a movie. Um, it's the shortest thing in Vegas. Gonzaga winning this tournament. Sure, than uh, going to the casino at some point. I, I think they're the, the team to beat tonight, even though St. Mary's has beaten Gonzaga twice this year. I just like the way that the Zags are playing. Last night was an extremely high-level game. They played. Now, St. Mary's is really good against Pepperdine, and I think they were sick and tired of hearing, well, Pepperdine beat you twice in the regular season. Uh, can you beat them? They crushed them. Well, they dismantled them, exactly. They did a great job running their offense, frustrated Pepperdine. But then the nightcap... 
that was a tremendous, that was a high level game. And I've said this to you guys before that you can't convince me that these three teams, St. Mary's, BYU, Gonzaga, are not NCAA caliber teams. You just can't tell me that, that they're not. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like BYU will get in. Do you think it's two bid league? I do. do. You think both get I, in? I think Gonzaga both teams. For me, both teams are in right now. The same, same with me. I think Gonzaga earned their way in. They, they did. They got to the championship game, and St. Mary's. What they've accomplished already. If St. Mary's loses tonight, they're still a team that should be in the NCAA tournament. They beat Gonzaga twice. They twice. beat Stanford. They beat BYU, mm-hmm. and they, they blew out Stanford. And their losses. You look at them. Okay, twice to Pepperdine. They lost a real tight game to Cal, who's really surging right now. And at a game that they very easily could have won, except for two great plays by Jabari Bird for Cal at the end of the game, won it for them. But they played a tough schedule. And in terms of the league, and they didn't come up with a signature win, and that's maybe the problem. But I still see it. This is a two-bid league. And keep in mind, who's one of the nine people on the committee? A guy who happens to know a lot about this conference. Absolutely. Thomas Homel. And while he can't be immediately involved when they're discussing West Coast Conference teams per se, he can, they're still sidebar conversations happening. Come on. Yeah. You don't, you don't think that Bernard (laughs) Muir is the AD at Stanford is privy to conversations about the Pac-12 teams getting in the NCAA tournament? Come on. Plus it's that room. They didn't discuss other rooms. Yes. Like the hallway. Well, team X. (laughs) <laughs> we should not Blind be confused resume. with Gonzaga. <laughs> Come on. Whose yeah. name rhymes with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. what, was B- what was BYU missing this year that prevented them from being an at-large team, which Dave Rose has really made a legacy of at BYU, and that's just getting to NCAA tournaments? I think that, boy, Tyler Hawes would have been nice to have this year, wouldn't he? We had that exact conversation two but, days ago. I mean, look, a guy that put up 25 points. Everybody loved to have a guy that averaged 25 points per game. But it just seemed it was feast or famine in terms of the threes or Kyle Davis right at the basket. There was no mid-range game. And it was Emery. It was Celius. Okay, Collinsworth has that. But Collinsworth really isn't a scorer. He gets his points, but he gets it off driving and dishing and putbacks and at the free throw line. But it was Emery, Fisher, Celius from the outside, Davis on the inside. And they kind of missed that tweener game. And I think that's a player that this team could really use and could have been a difference maker offensively. And defensively, I think they lacked a little bit on the perimeter in terms of a shutdown defender. And in guarding the threes, I think that has hurt BYU this year. Uh, This is bigger than maybe this game for sure, but is this the Steph Curry effect on basketball? It's threes or layups? I don't like necessarily. Like, I, don't, I don't agree with that assessment, but yeah. we're seeing that maybe in ten or fifteen years. Yeah, because right now we're okay. It's still kind of fresh and new for everybody. It's only been doing this for like. Well, he's been in the NBA for a little while, but last two, it's three like years. Two seasons, yeah, exactly. So we're going to see it. You know, that's that's the worst thing is I ever. Uh, Steph hits that shot against Oklahoma uh, City. Everyone's pulling up the next day in high. You don't think everybody this, in high school? This gym? guy in the Richards Building on campus, like everyone's putting it up from deep. He's pulling up from thirty-five. Yeah, he's Since got he, he's got range. Though. He's he's in range once he gets across half court. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time, let's finish with this, Roxy. What kind of a legacy should Kyle Collinsworth? Well, I guess. What do you think he will leave, and how should fans remember him at BYU? They should remember him as one of, I think, the best players in BYU history. And the numbers will reflect that in terms of being the all-time leading rebounder and a sister in BYU history and a player that was part of a team that went to the Sweet 16 his freshman year. He's conference MVP, 
and I think he needs to be looked at as one of the elite players in the history of BYU basketball. Everything he's accomplished, not just on the floor, but off the floor. You guys know him. You spend a lot of time around him. He's a great guy. He's great around campus, and he's fun to talk to. And it's he's a remarkable young man, and it's it's great to see. He had a great career at BYU. It's unfortunate that it won't end in the NCAA tournament. He'll play basketball somewhere and get paid for it next year. And if it's not in the NBA, he'll make a lot of money overseas. But he's been a tremendous player and just a joy to watch for me and cover. True or false, BYU will play in New York in the NIT Final Four. I, I can't answer that. I'll tell you why. Okay. I want to see their reaction. I didn't I didn't go in their locker room last night. I didn't get to see him. But if they're motiv- the NIT is all about who wants to play. Yeah. You know? yeah. Who's motivated? Yeah. Who really wants to be there? And I, I got to tell you, though, if you see Stanford in your bracket, you're nervous in the NIT. You see Johnny <laughs> Dawkins, and you're in trouble. They just, they just win. They do. He's won two of the last four. Yeah, they just win in the NIT. Avoid Stanford. That's the key. Roxy, have a great call today on BYU San Francisco. You can hear it on ESPNU, 4 Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time. We appreciate the time, man. I feel like I'm that guy that missed a class all year. Getting ready to cover the women's and then you show up <laughs> and then the show up for the final. Yeah, that's how I feel because I, I we'll slide just some notes. We'll slide just some notes, me man. BYU. That's but crazy. all of a sudden they drop me in, and I've been in an all-night cram session to get ready for this championship. <laughs> you let us know what you need, man. And then <laughs> you, may- you know you know where to find me. Absolutely. And then maybe we'll see in Provo in the NIT. We'll see. It's a good chance. It's I an think. it's an open book test with us behind. That's true. Okay. That's true. Okay. That's these Sliding are all open notes. book. Sliding notes. <laughs> Thanks, Roxy. You got it, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more reaction to what the Cougars did against Gonzaga last night. We just heard what Roxy Bernstein thought about BYU and where they fell short. What do you think? And what's next for BYU basketball? Big picture. Are you hopeful? Stay with us. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas at the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships. If you miss an episode of this show live, catch the rebroadcast of BYUSN weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And at 4 Eastern today, women's hoops against San Francisco in the West Coast Conference Championship game on ESPNU. Listen to it right here on BYU Radio. Let's get to some of your tweets, shall we? It's Twitter time. We've been talking about what's next for BYU basketball. We just talked to Roxy Bernstein of ESPN, discussed the Gonzaga game last night, what's going to happen this year. But this can be wherever you, the fans, want to take this conversation. What's next tomorrow for BYU or what's next next year for BYU or five years down the road? Whatever you want to talk about. At Nathan Summers 84 says, changing of the guard. Mika, Haas, Dastrip, Bryant, Childs, exciting times ahead. I don't know that there's been more anticipation for a team of kind of un- unknowns to a degree. Like I'm not talking about Jimmer Fredette and Jackson Emery going into their senior year. That was pretty known that they were really good and that team was Sweet 16-ish, right? The, the teams that BYU is uh, building up for the next couple of years, very exciting a group of talent. I want to see that team win a title, multiple titles. I want to see them win multiple games in the NCAA tournament and see what happens. Because those teams are going to be really, I mean, as talented as some of the teams, to me, in the late 80s that BYU produced, where you have depth, you have versatility, you have height, you have length, you have everything. I think BYU can be really good. I'm not ready to crown them Sweet 16-ish already. I, I don't want to put that pressure unnecessarily on them, even though the fans will do that. Just get to the NCAA tournament and win a game first. No. Before that, 
Beat Gonzaga here. Beat Gonzaga, Beat Gonzaga, the West Gonzaga Coast here. That tournament. is the number one priority for BYU basketball. Is to win, to the, me. win the league. Beat Gonzaga here will mean win the league to me. What about the regular season championship? That's th- there's I, I want titles okay. for BYU basketball. Okay. I, I want the regular season championship for BYU because that that's a trophy. You need hardware. That means something. You'll never forget that. T-shirt, cut down the net, all of that. But ultimately, you've got to beat Gonzaga here to get where you want to go, which is as good a seed as possible in the NCAA tournament. BYU had a crazy good year with Jim Fredette. Got a three seed, and guess what? They had to play a 14 and 11. They and were they supposed to, to win those 16. games, and they did it, and they got a sweet team. It was awesome. They met a two. And they went to double those, overtime. Lost in double overtime, and there was consolation because there was no Brandon Davies, and if he's in that game, you think that, hey, you have a good shot to win that. And then you're playing, uh, Was it, it wasn't Butler at that time. It was VCU, I VCU. think. VCU. And then you would have played, I think, Butler. Wow. So, so yeah, that, we'll always remember that. Think about the talent that was on the floor last night. Okay, in all realistic terms, Gonzaga has... We're only realistic. Has two draft... No, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we try to be. Right, we count we're down trying to, to be something right that's like yes. way in the future. We don't care. Gonzaga has two NBA players on the floor. Yeah. So well, bonus second is, round pick to so me. Bonus, the bonus is, is a lottery He's going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, Wiltshire's going to get drafted as well. High level. Kyle Collinsworth, player of the year in the conference. And Nick Emery showed what he can do with 27 points. Like, it was... Yeah, that was fun. That was amazing to watch those elite players go at it against each other. I do want to mention this with the NIT, by the way. Some, some questions surrounding the availability of the Marriott Center and when the dates... The NIT begins a week from today. Remember, Selection Sunday is this Sunday. So BYU not going to get in the NCAA tournament. They'll get in the NIT. It's just what seed and do they host at this point. The higher seeds have the option of hosting if they want. If there's not availability there, if, if logistical circumstances preclude such an opportunity, is the actual phraseology, then they won't host. So BYU could host a home game a week from today or tomorrow. Now, the Provo City Center Temple celebration is Saturday the 19th. That It is unavailable that day, but the Marriott Center can be used Everything else is open. before or after that. Um, if, the, if for some reason the women's basketball team was a top four seed, they could host, but they would probably play in the Smith Fieldhouse on Saturday and then the Marriott Center on Monday. Then it would be ready Tuesday or Wednesday for an NIT game. The, then Thursday through Monday would be the second round, and then the quarterfinals or third round would be uh, the next Tuesday and Wednesday. So a week from the, today all the way to two weeks out, BYU could play up to three games in the NIT if they keep winning. What's next for BYU basketball? I hate talking basketball. about that, I know. What's next for BYU basketball? At Kiki Dean says, a deep run in the NIT. Not as good as an NCAA tournament berth, but our seniors deserve to go out on a high note. Getting to New York City in the Final Four of the NIT would be awesome. That would be awesome. Let's go. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we get you caught up to date on everything else going across the nation for BYU, including baseball home opener. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Gerald? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Lost to Gonzaga last night, 88-84 in the semifinal round of the West Coast Conference Tournament. NIT Bracketology has BYU as a four-seed hosting five-seed LSU, according to NYC Buckets. I hate talking about Single digit women's seed. basketball. <laughs> BYU women's basketball advancing to the West Coast Conference title game for the fourth time in five seasons. 87-67 winning at Santa Clara. Lexi Rydalch had 25 points. She needs one more point to pass Hank Gathers as the all-time leading scorer in West Coast Conference history. 
on either side, men or women. The Cougars have a rematch of the final against San Francisco. They played them last year, trying to beat them again this year. You can listen on BYU Radio, 4 Eastern, 1 uh, Pacific Time. You can also watch it on ESPNU with Roxy Bernstein on the call. And updated bracketology has the Cougars as a sixth seed. Volleyball. Men's volleyball sophomore Ben Patch is the MPSF Player of the Week after 39 kills through seven sets and two wins at Hawaii. Also BYU, still number two in the ABCA poll. Baseball. It's the home debut for the 10-1 BYU baseball team receiving yeah. votes in both major polls. They host Utah Valley tonight, 8 Eastern on the W.TV. That game will also be broadcast on BYU Radio. Maverick Buffo taking the mound for the Cougars in the Parkway Series. And we just heard this. At DJ Nelt said, I guess it's time to focus on the Bat Cats. I love it. The Bat Cats is the new nickname that for the baseball team. solid. Fans. Nice job, DJ. Next. Football. Spring uh, football practice 4 of 15 is today with media availability afterwards. Stay with BYU Sports Nation for full coverage of all things spring ball. Softball. All McKenna Bull does is win West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week for BYU softball three times in a row. She pitched seven scoreless innings with nine strikeouts and two walks in an upset victory of 15th-ranked Arizona last week. Over the weekend, she had a combined 31 strikeouts and nine walks. Golf. The women's team's in seventh place at the Bay Area Collegiate, led by freshman Rose Huang, who shot two over on day one. She's good. Swimming and diving. Diving teams continue competition in the Zone E Diving Championships. Matt Dankers qualified for the three-meter finals. Allie Tippett's-Cotcamp barely missed the one-meter finals. Coming up later this week, Michael Littlewood of the baseball team of the Batcats will join us. Spring football coverage, women's hoop, title game coverage tomorrow as well. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to BYU Women's Hoops because all they do, apparently, is get to the West Coast Conference tournament title game fourth time in five years. Yeah, they're fantastic. Going for the ship. They're in the ship. Again. Trying to get three in five years. Twitter question, what's next for BYU basketball? Let's get a couple of your tweets in. Tweet, tweet. At Laser Sheep, besides NIT getting... Haas and Mika Incorporated in the offense. They get back uh, pretty quick within the next month, uh, six weeks, each of them. So that'll they'll have six months to get rid of. Our elite tweet of the day from at Kent underscore in underscore Utah. Next is the West Coast Conference Championship game this afternoon and a new WCC scoring record for Rydalch. Go Cougs! True, 4 Eastern. Check it out. Thanks to Dan Nielsen, Roxy Bernstein, and everyone on our crew. Show on demand. Download the podcast.